we are having some fun. In part because we are playing the music of Prince all three hours today. Today is June 7th. Today would have been his 65th birthday, believe it or not. And uh, every day uh, on this uh, station uh, during the month of June on this program, we are featuring a different artist of the day. Monday, we start with who, Miles? Monday, Sliding the Family Stone. Sliding the Family Stone was Monday. Yesterday, Dizzy Gillespie. Today is Prince. Who are we doing tomorrow, Miles? Kanye West tomorrow. Oh, Kanye tomorrow. Okay, so we give Kanye some love tomorrow. Kanye can use a big hug right about now. So we're going to give uh, Kanye some love tomorrow. But every day uh, during the month of June, Black Music Month, the different artists, uh, we are featuring their music all three hours of our program. And uh, I miss Prince dearly. Many of you know he was a dear friend of mine. And uh, just, uh, I miss that brother. But we celebrate his uh, rich musical legacy today, all three hours of this program. In this hour, again, it didn't get planned this way. It just happens this way sometimes. This station is heard across the nation, of course, flagship here in L.A. But this turns out to be an L.A. hour. We just had uh, Chef Elisa on for My Two Cents, uh, a wonderful black-owned restaurant here in L.A., of which there are many. And now I'm honored uh, to have in studio another uh, brilliant black entrepreneur here in the city of Los Angeles, uh, Malik Muhammad. Since 1990, Malik Books has served the greater L.A. community with books and cultural gifts, one of the many Afrocentric bookstores, although shrinking uh, in this country, uh, that were part of the black book revolution that swept across the nation during the 80s and early 90s. Malik Muhammad is co-owner of Malik Books and one of the co-authors of a new text called The Heart of a Black Man, Inspiring Stories of Triumph and Resilience. I am pleased to have him on this program right now. Malik, good to see you. First of all, brother, how are you? Wonderful, wonderful. I'm so grateful to be here. I'm with the iconic Tavis Smiley. No, no. <laughs> I'm with the iconic Malik Muhammad. Let me let me start with this. Let me set all the joking aside and seriously say to you how much I appreciate Malik Books um, and your support of this station. Thank you. Um, I have supported Malik Books, and many of us at this station have supported Malik Books, and it was a beautiful thing when we brought this station online. We're moving, as you know, toward our second anniversary on Juneteenth, just a few weeks from now, a few days from now, in fact, not weeks, or days from now, we'll be celebrating the second anniversary of this black uh, talk radio station, the only one west of Mississippi. Um, but it means something to me personally, and now that I'm in the studio with you, or you're with me, I should say, and we're face-to-face, I want to just look in your eye, look you in the eye and tell you thank you for supporting us. Um, it means something when black folk support black folk. And you didn't hesitate uh, to support us with advertising, uh, on the radio, on our podcast, and beyond. So I want to just commence by saying thank you, black man, for supporting another black business. Man, that, that right there, man, touched my heart. I appreciate that, Tavis. And, you know, I did it out of love. I did it out of community. I did it out of, you know progressiveness mm-hmm. you know this is an iconic talk radio is very important our voice matters and i appreciate man i was heartfelt thank you man no, i mean every word of it brother every word of it i appreciate you for your support of uh, our effort and we will of course continue to support uh, the good work that's being done at malik books i mentioned a moment ago that you were you guys came online as, as, as many other bookstores did during that period of you know the 80s and 90s when when, when it was booming for us yeah um terry mcmillan had movies everywhere and it was it was a great time walter yes, it was. Uh, walter mosley had movies everywhere yeah. denzel and <laughs> Cheadle and yeah uh, I love everybody loved the movie, right? So, so many. There was, there's a lot going on then. Um, since then, uh, none of these black bookstores have sort of fallen off. Um, what is it like? Let me ask you right quick. What is it like being the owner, the co-owner of a black bookstore right now in America? Um, I think that is is important. It, it it feels surreal. It feels very necessary. Very, 
you know, important because our voice matters. Mm -hmm. And just having a bookstore in the this year at this time, I think, you know, has helped make a difference in our in our movement upward. I mean, you know, I called it the Black Book Revolution mm -hmm. because we made a difference in getting product and books and and greeting cards and other kind of we were like a distribution center for so many black entrepreneurs across America who can create but didn't have distribution. Mm -hmm. And we were our outlet to help elevate our voice. And I feel like it's necessary and important. And this, you know, Malik Books today is like Malik Books 2.0 and it's it's evolved. And today I see that the work that we've done has made an impact because we have people to come and appreciate the fact that not only that we still in business, mm -hmm. but the work that we doing as a book activist, because that's what I call it. Because mm -hmm. instead of shooting bullets, we shooting books. Shooting books, yeah. And I love that. I love that. <laughs> we, we shooting books. <laughs> I love it. Books, I love not it. bullets. There you go. Books, books not, not bullets. bullets. <laughs> yeah. Malcolm said from the ballot to the bullet. Malik said books, not bullets. Yes. Um, I, to your point about distribution, uh, we just played pr Prince and we'll continue to play Prince for the rest of the show, as I said. Um, but this radio station exists. KBLA Talk 1580 exists in part because of Prince. Uh, because uh, I've told this story, I think, before. Uh, when I was trying to figure out the next phase of my career, uh, Prince, who had been telling me for years to own all of my content, which I do, uh, all of my TV, all my radio, I own all my, my books, I own my own content. But Prince said to me uh, many years ago, Tavis, content is king. Own your content. I did. And one of the conversations we were having before he uh, passed away tragically uh, and un untimely uh, for many of us, he said, I got to reframe what I've been telling you for years. I said, what do you mean? I, he said, I've been telling you for years that content is king. It is. He said, content is king, but it occurs to me now, Tavis, that distribution is emperor. Absolutely. Content is king, but distribution is emperor. And I want you, Prince said to me, in the next phase of your career, I don't know what it's going to be, you'll figure it out, but find your way to own your own distribution system. You own the content. Mm -hmm. But own your own distribution system. And yes. it was that that got me thinking. Yes. Yes. And some years later came KBLA Talk 1580. Absolutely. But I take your point about distribution. It means something when we just don't own the content. We're writing books. But having a distribution system to that's, put them out there is a very different thing, is it not? Very different. And yeah. that's been the part that we have not done as good as we could. Mm -hmm. We have to think bigger and we have to think outside the box. Um, distribution, I realized that just by being in business and making all the mistakes I made over the years, mm -hmm. and I see the outlet, I see the creativity and imagination that we have as black people. As You know, we can invent, we can create, but the problem is, how do we get that to our community? How do mm -hmm. we get it out to the market? How do we make that product universal? That's right. And I said, we don't have distribution. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, they they use Amazon as the platform to do because they got the biggest distribution in the world. They do indeed. You know, and then you have the outlets like Walmart and Target that we utilize. But where is our in in distribution? Because that's necessary. If we're going to move forward and beyond, we have to have distribution yeah. and we have to develop that. And we have great minds and geniuses, mm -hmm. but that's an area, out, a place that... All of our inventions and ideas and imaginations can be housed and marketed in both wholesale and retail. Yeah. So we got to come up with distribution. Yeah. And I feel like back in the 90s, 
that's what we in the black book world we were like distribution outlets for a lot of up and coming like it wasn't no black green cards but mm -hmm. they came out and we were the outlet to allow you know that new endeavor where you see a, a picture of a black boy a black girl or woman or man this black on a green card and then today because history repeats itself when you don't get it right mm -hmm. and we see now that in the 90s it was a fall off a lot of technology came on amazon came. a lot of things changed a lot of black bookstores fell off mm -hmm. but it resurged again in the in the 20s 2020s mm -hmm. because you know and they call it a different back then in the 90s it was called multi multicultural mm -hmm. today they called it diversity equity and inclusion yeah, D &I, but it's yeah. the same thing yeah you know yeah. and so we and, and i think that one of the reasons why History repeats itself because you got to get it right because we don't have distribution. No. Well, I'm glad you're here uh, with distribution. I'm glad that we're here, KBLA, uh, for two years. Thank God for Jesus. We will see if this thing can survive for the end of the future, but we at least made it to two years. Yes. So we're doing our best. You're doing your best, and I'm glad we're here together supporting each other. Um, now, when we come forward, I want to talk specifically about the book. He's not just a co-owner of the store. He's co-author of a book. It's called The Heart of a Black Man, Inspiring Stories of Triumph and Resilience, Malik Muhammad, right now on KBLA Talk. Fifteen eight. Speaking of this being an LA hour, um, I had almost forgotten about this. I ain't got time to get into it. But y'all, y'all sleeping on Malik Muhammad. Malik was on the track at the '84 Olympics at the Coliseum. Yeah. Before he got into the book business, this brother <laughs> was fast. Yes, yes. <laughs> you still, you still look like you can do it, man. Oh, you know, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I still got a little speed in yeah, me, but I ain't you, trying man. to get out there because I might go. pull a hamstring yeah. at this age. <laughs> he was. I mean, you think about the '84 Olympics and all the stars that were on that track, and Malik Muhammad was out there with all of them doing his thing at the '84 yes. Olympics. We'll do that another time when you come on. He is the co-owner of Malik Books uh, here in Inglewood, California. Um, and he's also the co-author of a new book called The Heart of a Black Man, Inspiring Stories of Triumph and Resilience. Tell me about the book, Malik. Woo! <laughs> Been in the game, in the book game for a long time, but now I got a book. Yeah. <laughs> I am, I'm a co-author. It's like 30 of us mm -hmm. that came together, collaborated. Uh, Talisha Berry, uh, who uh, organized this from Courageous Woman magazine, brought 30 men from all across the nation mm. and she approached me about this and I, I, I said, you know, I, I had to do it because I've always wanted to be part of, you know, a published book mm. and now I have my chapter from devastation to elevation mm. and what I talk about in the de devastation and elevation is that you listen. I'm I'm no different than any other you know black man in America. You know we all have something in common. We're black and and that we have been targeted mm -hmm. as black men. And so I just talk about you know that uh, the devastating aspects of growing up in America as a black man, mm -hmm. as a, at that time a black boy. Mm -hmm. And then what I do is is uh, uh, I point out some of the obstacles that I had to overcome in terms of, you know, uh, the the devastation is in the community, the gangs, the violence and things like that. Even though I was never in a gang mm -hmm. and I was never, um, never was arrested or anything like that. My th the thing is drugs and, and all of these elements were still um, uh, affecting my community and affecting me in some aspect. And so what I talk about is that, hey, you know, um, the, 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 the times when I was a, a kid and um, I, I, I become vulnerable, I opened up and share uh, an incident when I was uh, 10 years old where 
um, where uh, I had a 16-year-old babysitter, and uh, and uh, she has you know made me have sex with her. Mm. So I made myself vulnerable. I opened up because it's a lot of cascaded effects mm. as a 10-year-old boy, you know, having sex and not understanding sex and what that means and the responsibilities yeah. that affect that and how that affected me. And I opened up and I shared that to the world, personal things, intimate things yeah. about my life, guns pulled out on me, someone targeting to kill me and things like that. And I don't have a lot of words to to talk about in, in my chapter. So I tried to, you know, pack a lot and say a lot and then speak about, you know, the things that, um, were devastating in my life, yeah. but then I talk about the elevation yeah. and the, the, and how I survived and how I'm still here and the things that I'm doing and the things that I've achieved and the thing because that's where the real story is. Oh, and yeah. that's the triumph, that's the resilience, and it, that's the most important thing. It is amazing with all that you have endured that you found your way on that track in '84 <laughs> uh, at the Olympics, and that you've gone on to establish Malik Books and now uh, to be. A co-author with others in this book. When we come forward, uh, Malik just gave you a sense of his chapter. My time is running tight, but I'm going to share with you some of the other some of the other chapters in this book. Thirty men writing pieces in this book. A lot of brilliant stuff in here. I'll, I'll again tell you more about some of the other pieces in the book when we come forward on KBLA Talk 158. A very tight three minutes here, but I was okay. saying to Malik during that break um, that his story about what happened to him at the age of ten reminded me of the story of Robert Sylvester Kelly, better known as R. Kelly. There's all kind of conversation and debate about R. Kelly. I ain't trying to go in, into that right now. What I'm saying is that the part of his story that I think has uh, not been focused on enough is how hypersexualized he was as a boy, what was done to him as a boy. Um, people say he's a grown man now, no excuse. I'm not even debating you on that. I'm just saying don't lose sight of the fact that when black boys get hypersexualized at a young age, they either end up like Kells in jail because they can't break the cycle or something happens where they break the cycle and they end up like Malik Muhammad, owner of Malik Books and now co-author of a book. But you can't look past that story very quickly. You were saying to me that you spoke recently to a group of young black men and you heard what? I heard that it was a common thread, a common thing that has happened amongst many of them. Yeah. And I was shocked. Yeah. When I opened up to this group of black men yeah. in the wellness warrior, man, heal thyself, wellness warrior, uh, journey to self mastery training. And I was shocked to yeah. hear this. I only raise it because you raised it. I want to follow you in on that because I know a lot of men that happen to as boys. And again, in a worst case scenario, they end up spending 30 years in prison because they can't break the cycle like Kells. Or thankfully, in your case, you were able to move beyond it. But I know that disturbs. Uh, we are we are who we are. Mm -hmm. uh, we are the sum total of our life's experiences. Yes, and yes, if you start yes. being hypersexualized as a young black boy yes, at that age, anything can happen. Very quickly here, some of the things that you'll read in this book. Um, how to gaslight proof your life. Prevailing through suffering to get to your destiny. From bastard to greatness. Uh, from digging graves to planting seeds. Making the right choice. Uh, the power of the professional black man. Teamwork is the price of sustained success. 
And of course, because I'm out of time, the one that our friend Malik Muhammad wrote from devastation to elevation that he talked about a moment ago. The book is called The Heart of a Black Man, Inspiring Stories of Triumph and Resilience. Uh, and our dear brother Malik Muhammad, uh, co-owner of Malik Books and now a uh, contributor to this text, has been our guest in this hour. The book, once again, is called The Heart of a Black Man, Inspiring Stories of Triumph and Resilience. And I can tell you one place you can get it. <laughs> you can get it at Malik Books. Important. <laughs> you can come this Saturday. Five o'clock at Malik Books, Westfield Mall. We doing a book signing. It's four of us from featured in this book. Co-authors going to be at Malik's at five o'clock. We're going to be signing. Our We're going to be meeting Greek, talking about it. We're going to make ourselves vulnerable. We're going to open up and we're going to talk about these Trump and inspiring, resilient stories. This, this Saturday, June 10th. 5 p.m. at Malik Books. And that's why he owns a bookstore. He knows how to sell it. And I ain't mad at it. Uh, <laughs> hour three of Tavis Smiley when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580.